0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be in the house of God this Amen. morning. Amen. It's, our, it's, it's our privilege, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, if you love Jesus, then what a privilege to be able to, on the first day of every week, to come and sing the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. What a great, what a great song that is. It's all about legacy, isn't it? And uh, yesterday, we we shared at the memorial service for Stephanie. And, you know, a young woman in her 30s who passed on to heaven, but even in those years, she's left a legacy. She's left a legacy of two beautiful children who love God and, and, and are making their way in life. And she's left an indelible imprint of faith in their lives. She's left an indelible print of faith and of love in your life, Marius, and, and God bless you, my brother. Hang in there. We're all f- with you and, 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 and for you. And, and, and so it, it's, it's a legacy. It's, it's what we leave behind. And, and that's challenging, isn't it? You know, what... what, what, what it, What are you leaving behind? Who's walking in your footsteps and and what sort of steps are they able to take? And it's a challenging thing to us because there's not one person I believe who was ever born that doesn't want to make a good impact on life. We see our little children following us and walking in our footsteps and I don't know about you, but every mother and every father wants to see their children do well. Wants to see them fulfill their destiny. And if you're a Christian, you want with all your heart to see them following Jesus. Because like Andrew, you were sharing, what a difference he makes in our lives. And already some of us look back and we wonder, wow, what am I leaving behind? Maybe it's time to change direction. Maybe it's time to begin again. Make sure that the legacy that follows you is a good one. And we're as a church. You're here this morning. You're part of the legacy of this Excite Church in Kerry Kerry. What are they going to know us for in 30 years' time? Depends upon us who are here now to make great decisions. and To be strong in our faith. And to have a heart for this town and the people that are in it. And to talk believe God for great things in the days that lie ahead. It's imperative that you and I position ourselves through faith and through great decisions so that God has no hesitation in filling our lives with his blessing. The truth is, if you and I walk into the favor of God, then those that are with us will walk into the favor of God behind us our husbands, our wives, our children, our grandchildren. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed of God. If God's handing out blessings, I'm in the queue. And I'll go again and again to be in His presence to ensure that I carry the blessing of God upon my life. Because that's what we pass on. That's what we impart. We need to make sure, Christian brother, Christian friend, that we carry that blessing of God no matter we go after the blessing of God. Hallelujah. It's so important for us. I'm part of a family that's, been blessed of God over generations. I'm the fourth generation down. My great-grandfather, he was he, he, he was in the first All Black team. And he was the first one to score a try for the All Blacks. And his son and him were the first father and son to play both in the same team for the All Blacks. And one day as a young man, he heard singing, coming out of the opera house, but it wasn't opera. It was something different. He walked in as a young man into the opera house in Wellington, and the preacher was preaching on the prodigal son. And that young man walked to the front and gave his life to Jesus Christ. And since then, the blessing of God has been on our family down through the generations. And he opened the first Pentecostal church in New Zealand And he just kept going. And down through the generations, there's been a legacy, hallelujah, of the blessing of God. My granddaughter, Georgia. Last year, she became the leading naval cadet for New Zealand. She won scholarship to go to university. Do you know what she's going to do? I said, Georgie, what are you going to do at university? She said, I want to become a chaplain in the New Zealand Navy and I'm training to share my faith with those in the Navy in the years that lie ahead. Another generation, the sixth generation, going on, going on because one man made a great decision and opened his life to, the, to God and said, God, save me, forgive me, heal me. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. And it rolls on. The blessing of God rolls on. Scripture's coming up in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. This is an unusual scripture. Well, it's not an unusual scripture, but it just talks about people. It talks about legacy. It talks about generations. And it just says, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Amminadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father Isn't this exciting? Yeah. <laughs> Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. Now, if you don't know anything about much about the Bible, that's as boring as. But to us who know a little bit, it's exciting. Because it's the legacy of the blessing of God being passed from generation, and it's the story of the King David, who was a great king, and his of his generation there'll be no end, of his government, there'll be no end. And, and 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 you read on in that chapter, you find that Jesus is in this line as well. This is the family, down generations, that gave life to the birth of Jesus. But it's interesting because Sam, look at the, Sam and the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Now there's blessing coming down the line, but Rahab wasn't in the line. She was a prostitute. And she lived in a house on the walls of Jericho. And she didn't know anything about Jesus. She didn't know about, well, about God. She was just living her life and doing the best and earning a living the best way she knew how. And she was just distant from God. But God knew that there was a heart in there that could change. And one day, Joshua, who was leading the nation of Israel at the time, said to his mate Salmon, he said, Now listen here, Salmon. We've come to the city of Jericho. We're about to go into the promised land. I want you to go and spy out the land with your mate. And so the two of them took off. And they came to the city of Jericho and they went there and they went to Rahab's house and then she hid them because they heard that the spies had come. They were just spies, spying out the land. And so here she is. The people took Jericho by a miracle of God. The walls came tumbling down. But Rahab, in a house, hid the spies and saved her life and her family. It says later on that she decided, she made a great decision. It says there that she decided all the days of her life to serve God. Well, in the end, she married Salmon. He was one of the spies. He was a leader. He was a prince in the tribe of Judah. His father, Nashon, was a prince in the tribe. His sister married Aaron, the high priest. These families were there. And the blessing of God was upon them. And, and uh and Rahab had a boy. What was his name? Obed. No, it wasn't. It's was Boaz. Boaz. And so down it goes. And so I, I, I'll, I'll get all mixed up in this in a minute, so I'll stop. <laughs> but the thing is, she made a great decision. And from her seed, the legacy of the blessing of God was passed on generation to generation to generation. The Bible is all about legacy. The book is about generation after generation. Most of God's plans are not fulfilled in one generation. The trouble is with us especially in the western world. We think just about our lives and what happens in our lifetime. We 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 we, we what is going to happen to me? What am I going to earn? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What's happening to me? And we're all caught up with us, us, us. Whereas we need to think generationally. Because the blessing of God's concern, all the things I, that he does for you is not only for you. God has the next generation in mind, God looks down 10 generations. And you and I carry the seed of God's blessing in us, and we must protect it and hold it and multiply it during our lifetime so that there is something great to pass on to our kids and to their kids. The thing is that the decisions we make in our lifetime will greatly affect our children. And theirs. And maybe, and theirs. And theirs. The Bible just simply says the blessing of God goes to the third and the fourth generation. It's a great day when a man or a woman receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And with him, the blessings of God. That decision is the beginning of receiving the favor and the goodness and the heritage of a good God. The day we decide to live for Jesus and get involved in what he is building, that is the church and the kingdom of God, then that is where a great legacy begins. When we decide to live for God's kingdom, when we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, then not only do we walk into the blessing of of God ourselves and into the wonderful way of living in the kingdom of, of heaven, but our children will walk into it as well, and theirs as well. Psalm 112 says this, verse 1 and verse 2. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says, blessed are those who fear the Lord. Let's all say it together. Here we go. One, two. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commandments. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Hallelujah. You want to learn a good scripture, mum and dad? That's a goodie. Claim it for your children. Whose children will be mighty in the land? The ones who fear the Lord. See, there it is. The ones who fear the Lord. The ones who find great delight in His commands. The ones that have a holy reverence for God. Not a fear of God in, in the sense of being afraid of Him. But those who know to honor Him and to reverence Him. Their children will be mighty in the land, they'll make a difference. Even if I don't make such a great difference, they'll make a great Amen. difference. Hallelujah. I just need to pass on the blessing of God and a faith in God. I, my, my, my daughter Anita has given me the task and she sends me every jolly week a subject that I've got to write some paragraphs on about my life. And because uh, she, she wants the, the, the family to know the stories. And, and so she said, what was your mother like? What was your father like? What was your grandfather like? What was your grandmother like? And I thought I was writing about my mother and my father. And when I finished a few paragraphs of writing, I put down, I thank them and I remember and I thank my dad for instilling a strong faith in God and a good sense of humor. I wrote about my mother. It was the same thing. Mum. thank you that you taught me to love God with all of my heart, all of my mind, and all of my strength. And so the commandments of God. You see, Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, he said, uh, this is one of the, uh, verse 28, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating and noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Because the, 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 the father who and the mother who loves the commandments of God and honors the Lord. Their kids are going to be great in the land. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart. And with what? With all your soul. And what? With all your mind. And with all your strength. And the second is this, said Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Later on, Jesus went on to explain. He said, he, said, he said in John 13, verse 34 and 35, a new command I give you. So love God, love your neighbor. And then Jesus comes in there and he says, a new command I give you. We've already had this this morning. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this will everyone know that you're my disciples if you love one another. That's the key in church family. You, you, you're doing great in this. You're doing great. I've watched you during the times when, when families are going through times of stress and it keeps happening. That's life. But your love for them and your love for the families is huge. Practical love. Cooking with meals, taking around food. Just being there. Hallelujah. Brilliant. What do we need to instill in our children? What's the legacy? What's the thing God requires of us to instill into the next generation? Love God. We need to teach them and show them how to love God. To love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, with all your strength. This, this is not a casual acquaintance with God. This is not God as an add-on to what else I'm doing. This, this is a commitment to God, mom and dad, and young people, you're sitting here, you're going to have children the years that lie ahead. This, 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 is, this is God first, hallelujah, and serving Him with the strength and, and all the resources that God has for us, hallelujah, to build the church and to extend the kingdom of God. This is not a tag base on Sunday, love for God. This is not if I've got time or energy left, if I've got nothing else to do, I'll go to church and worship God Sunday, maybe serve my my neighbor sometime this week if I've got enough energy left. Nothing lights a fire in our children than when they see us loving God. With all of our heart, with all of our strength, they catch something. They catch something that builds faith and life in them. Love our neighbor. Jesus said the family that spends loving our neighbors our friends, our workmates, our sportsmates, those that we meet from time to time, those that can we come across, that we have a love for them, that we, that we show that love for them. Church is all about God and people. You can't really have a love for God without having a love for people and serving them in some way. Church is all about God and people. Some people love God, but never get involved in helping people. God loves people. We talked in our prayer time about being living in isolation, that the enemy of our soul tries to isolate us from one another, tries to pull us apart from Jesus himself, and also wants us to get isolated and on our own. We need to be involved with people. Hallelujah. You'll always be disappointed if you come to church just to get something out of it. You'll always be disappointed, and even you end up disillusioned if you just come to church so that your needs will be met. I know there's seasons like that in our life. That's all we can do. And I've been there and you've been there, but it's more than that. It's being involved with the people. Hallelujah. I come to church to serve God and in doing so serve people, to help people. These are the values and the commandments that we must instill into our children, that we're not just here to help ourselves. We're not just here to serve ourselves. These are the legacies that we need to instill. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're in a church fellowship in life group, love one another, hallelujah. Look out for one another, care for one another, when our children see us doing these things, then something grabs hold of them and they, they, they begin to breathe with the breath of life. Hallelujah. The legacies that we pass on. Other people, there's people that are all about loving others, are all involved in helping people but don't love God. Don't read the Bible, don't pray, except in emergencies. They certainly don't want to attend too many meetings on a Sunday. They find worship boring. But it's not either love God or love people. It's love God and love people. The couple that love God with all their hearts and have a love for people will leave a great legacy for their children. Someone has said the greatest impact we will ever make is in the four walls of our home." Someone else said, we don't know who's sitting, whose feet are under our table. Mums and dads, be encouraged. Say, what about if I don't have children? How can I leave a legacy? Ask Sophia, my dear wife here. She's never had any children of her own. But what a legacy she's leaving. God spoke to her about more of, the, more of the children of the barren woman. She has a legacy of hundreds of people who have gone to her foundations class and there found a love for God. And She's been like a spiritual mum to so many down over the years. If you're on your own, just get involved with the kingdom of God with the church and with people, you'll leave a legacy. You'll leave a legacy. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 10, 15, it talks about what we leave behind. It says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, or wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the fire. And here, Paul, in the Bible, it's talking about lasting things versus temporary things. It's talking about gold and silver. In the Bible, that talks about the character of God as gold. Silver is about redemption. Precious jewels is our giftings. What are are we building with? It's talking about leaving a legacy that will be eternal, rather than just temporary. It's talking about leaving something that will last forever, spiritual things, after we die. The things that last, the things that we build into our kids, the things that we build into our into friends, into a people, that will go on to eternity, hallelujah, that they can take and build into other people's lives. It's interesting what people say at funerals. You don't often hear people who speak and give tribute at funerals, they don't often ever mention the person had a lot of money or they'd had a lot of, they had a position in a, in a particular job. They remember the love that those people gave, they remember the acts of kindness and of sacrifice. They talk about times that last, memories that last. People don't often remember for how long or how successful we have been, but rather how much we have loved them. We remember the smile of faith, even when in pain and suffering, like we heard about with young Stephanie yesterday. Every day we leave a legacy with somebody. What do people feel when they're with us? I heard somebody say, I felt more alive when I was around him. If you spent 10 minutes with me. I hope that you feel more alive than before. I hope that you and I as followers of Jesus wherever we go and whoever we meet if we stop somewhere and have a conversation with someone that that conversation is full of grace and of life and of love so that that person goes away feeling more alive than they were than when they met us, that we have something within us, that a stream of life that touches another person and blesses them, that we leave in a day footprints of gold and of silver and of precious stones. We're, We're both descendants and ancestors. One day, my great-grandchildren are going to say, my old ancestor was a bald-headed guy just like me. (laughs) And he did, and we all become ancestors. (laughs) And at the same time, we're descendants. We're descendants of generations that have come before us. Hallelujah. Let me tell you two things about ancestors and descendants. A descendant is someone who drinks from a well he never dug. An ancestor digs wells from which he will never drink. Let me tell you something else. A descendant sits under trees he didn't plant. An ancestor plants trees under whose shade he will never sit. One of the great universities in England built a dining hall in the mid-1600s. They cut a stand of mighty oaks and used them to cover the floors and walls. It was beautiful and generations were educated there and found fellowship around the massive oaken tables with their fellow students in the middle. And in the middle of the 20th century, the old hall had run its course. The life was out of the ancient wood and the need to replace it was upon them. They wanted to keep faith with the original architect's vision. So they returned to his plans which were in the library's archives, there untouched for nearly 400 years. And there on the plans, a note was written. The oaks used to build this hall were harvested a half mile into our property near the small lake to the south. After we harvested and built the hall, we replanted the same variety of oaks on the site. If you are looking at this plan, the note says, it is obviously time to rebuild the dining hall. The trees should be ready for your restoration. And they were. Planning for 400 years into the future for a legacy is remarkable. Reminds me of Joseph who said, when you leave Egypt, don't leave my bones behind. Bury me in the promised land. He knew there was generations to follow Him. I believe God would have us to be vividly aware of the generations that will follow us. And not just build wood, hay and stubble that will disappear with our life, but build something gold and silver and precious or something That will last the blessing and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. To love God with all our hearts. The old Hebrew saying is true on many levels. He who plants wheat, plants for himself. He who plants grapes, plants for his children. But he who plants olives, plants for generations yet unborn. My friends this morning, We decide that we won't just live for ourselves. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us to think further than just our three score and ten. Let's think of the next generation and the next as a church. Let's plan for the long haul. Let's have the faith to build something great in this town that will bless this far north region. Build into people's lives faith that will move mountains. Hallelujah. That will allow people to find Jesus. Can I ask you this morning? What decision do you need to make about your life in order that in the days ahead you will leave a legacy, a great legacy? Maybe it is time to include God in your life. Maybe it is time to position yourself to receive all the blessings of God that he is handing out. Maybe it is the time to, 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 to just readjust. Rahab made a great decision. She said, I'm going to go with these people. I'm going to go with God's people. Maybe you've come here this morning and maybe it's a divine appointment. I wrote down here, maybe it's time to stop messing around and get your life sorted so that you can leave a great legacy before you die and leave a great legacy after you die Rahab didn't have a brilliant start to her life and maybe you haven't either few of us have but if you'll receive Jesus into your life You'll come honestly before God and say, God, I need to change. I need to turn my life around, but I can't do it on my own. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your power in my life. I need to start again. Can I assure you this morning that He's more than ready to receive you? No matter. Where you're at today, it can be different tomorrow. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you. Lord God Almighty, you must love us very much. And I thank you, Lord, for the memories that we have and the stories that we have of things that have been passed on to us blessings, memories of our ancestors. Lord, I pray this morning that every person in this room will determine that they'll pass on something good. They'll be remembered for good things when they go over. And that, Father, those decisions will be strong in their heart to love the Lord their God with all of our hearts. All of our minds, with all of our strength, to love our neighbors, to love one another. These are the seeds of legacy that will make a difference in generation after generation after generation. Lord, thank you. You're such a good God. You must love us hugely to send Jesus Christ to show us what you're like, and then that he laid down his life so that our sins might be cleansed and cleaned and washed away, never to be remembered against us anymore. Jesus, you must love us to do that. I pray today that you give people, Holy Spirit, you give people the grace to open their hearts to you and to receive you and to change the direction of their lives, to walk away from darkness, to walk into the light of God's blessing.